This is the Fearless Launching Show. I'm your host, Anne Samoylov, and today I'm speaking to one of the members of the Fearless Launching community. Deborah Ivanoff joined us earlier this fall, and she has been such a breath of fresh air. But what I love about Deborah so much is her approach to coaching, and she really is teaching go-getters, um, overachievers how to bust through their fear, because guess what? Overachievers do have that fear. So if you've been feeling stuck, if you want to make some changes, if you just have inexplainable places in your life where you're stuck, then you are going to love this conversation with Deborah Ivanoff. I'll see you on the inside. The Fearless Launching Show was created to answer the question, how can I launch my big idea to the world in the most simple, straightforward way possible, and reach more of the right people. I'm your host, Anne Samoylov, and I've been helping six and seven figure business owners launch for over a decade. And while I love geeking out about improving launches, new launch strategies, what's working, what's not working, I'm also obsessed with exploring the heart, the mind, the challenges of running your own business. And that's what we're gonna do each and every week. I wanna show you how to launch that course or coaching program or other creative work and navigate the journey of being an online entrepreneur. So if you're ready for some new perspectives, some new stories around launching, well, I can't wait to share those with you. Let's get into today's episode. I just want to dive right in and and ask you a little bit about your background. I mean, I, I did see some things on your bio and I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that about her. So I would love to know like who you who you currently kind of work with and what do you, what do you do with those people? Like who do you work with and what do you do? Okay, great. Well, I work with people who are usually pretty high achievers, the go-getters, but they're also very sensitive. <laughs> and as you know, we're currently living in a time that's proving really challenging for people with high sensitivity, high physical sensitivities, kinesthetic sensitivities, high emotional sensitivities, so that seems our world today seems to be calling for additional strategies to help with grief, to help with the frustration, annoyance, fear, definitely around fear and doubt. A lot mm -hmm. of people are trying to pivot or they're afraid. I had someone I talked to today who said, I feel so bad for a friend of mine who lost her husband. I feel so bad. I just can't bring myself to work. So yeah. I work with those kinds of people who are going through very real situations. They know what to do, but what they don't always yet know is how to get over that emotional and that sensation part of life and part of change, often change and growth. Yes. Yeah. So get onto that other side and get back into doing action and really connecting with a much deeper part of themselves. I do work with people individually and in masterminds. And then of course, as you know, I'm getting ready to launch some new programs and even a standalone program. But with that twist of that personal attention, because I'm finding that that's what people who are a little bit more on the sensitive side or people who have slightly less than the average learning styles, they need a little extra touch. And I like to do that. I love that. I love that. Um... That's really interesting that, you know, and, and you're right, this year is like it or not, th this is a year where everybody's changing in some way. And um, even if something was, 
you know, a given or known mm-hmm. or something that you had accepted as, okay, this is what I understand as my life. Like, I think we've all, we all have those elements that we're like, wow, okay, that's, that's different now. That's changed yeah. now. I think and it's begging the deeper questions too. I mean, even uh, I find it in my business, I'm guessing you're finding it in your business, aren't you, Anne? That some part of you in the back of your mind is saying, what does this mean for the future? What does this mean for me, for my family, for my connections? How do I cope with sustained uh, shutdowns? So I I think it's real. this is one of those things that's striking everyone. And even people like, I think you said when we were talking before we pressed the button, we were saying that even people who kind of know how things are working are having to take a second look. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if there's not, for me personally, I am the person right now who's like, you know, the the people I'm learning from are different from the people I normally learn from. Mm. Um, and sometimes, and in the past, I might've felt like I'm going to learn from people who have X number of years in the business. And now I'm looking just for that, like at each individual and thinking I can learn something from that person. Who is that? What, what can I learn from them? And so I'm actually finding that I'm anyways, this is a total side note, but like I'm working with, it's just a change in the places that I'm seeking that guidance because yes. Now, I mean, and there was like something you said before, like, I feel like one, like even, especially as high achievers, just what you said, like high achievers, especially this is been incredibly challenging. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I was looking at you and I was like, well, I know one high achiever and I'm looking at her, but I'm also <laughs> like thinking about myself and that, you know, high achievers also have high expectations sometimes of themselves. I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I've really been actually working on that very diligently. What do they say? Never recovered, always a recovering perfectionist recovering. Yeah. And uh, I do see the value of uh, that self-authority, that self-discernment, being really clear about what it is we really want, what really matters to us. And I think that's a lot of what's coming up for people now. I've heard this from people. I worked so hard. I worked so diligently. I was just, you know, balls to the walls. And then whoop, something I never knew could have ever happened. And it changed everything. And it's making us question everything. That's what I'm seeing as well. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. Um, Now, I'm curious, like, what drew you to this work, this type of work with people? Uh, Well, you're going to think this is funny, but... uh... (laughs) divorce. <laughs> oh my God. It was many years ago, many <laughs> years ago, I was a single mom. I was going through a divorce that ended up lasting seven years. Oh my Can you gosh. Imagine? Yeah. And about a year in, I said to myself, uh, what if this isn't the last year? Can I really justify delaying my happiness? What kind of children will I raise if I'm always putting them on hold, putting myself on hold? And I knew that I did not have the skills. So I started taking skills classes. I started learning. I started doing similar to what you're saying, Anne, about maybe being attracted not to the typical things in your field or just slightly off Mm -hmm. your field, but things that might even be like a little bit more essence-based or a little bit more really personality-based. And I was working with coaches myself and they encouraged me to, through that exploration, to look at the field of coaching. And I said, what are you talking about? I'm not a coach. I was doing production work for textbooks at the time. Yeah. And 
people started to follow me into the parking lot because <laughs> they heard I was going through this divorce. Clearly they saw some of the things that were going on or heard stories. And they were like, you know, she's not broken down at the side of the road. She, her life isn't over. She's encouraging yeah. other people. She's uh, being, taking a stand. She's being patient with her children. They didn't see me all the time, of course, because I mean, <laughs> you're a mom too. Who are we kidding? Right. And that oh only gosh. spurred me to do more of that. I really, I was asking the question at that time of what kind of relationship do I want to have with my children when they're 25? That was mm -hmm. my guiding question. And I realized that the relationship I wanted was not possible with the skill set I had. And that was actually what drove me into learning to be a coach was not so that I could coach other people necessarily, but so that I had those skills for myself. And then when people started coming to me, I realized that it didn't feel right. It didn't feel good to tell them what to do or even mm -hmm. to tell them what I did. I was much more interested in how it might work for them. And I was very fortunate to find teachers and mentors who helped me go through an extended program to become first of all, coach myself, then coach other people, then learn how to be a teacher, teach other people to coach other people in this intuitive way. So drawing yeah. upon all of those inner resources and really listening to guidance, right? And yeah. really listening to the person in front of me, to their guidance. I totally have trust that they have the solutions. And that goes for this time we're talking about now. In yeah. fact, it, it goes double for this time now because Who's going to have the solutions? Who's going to tell you what's going to happen? Nobody knows. It's if we all talk about this and laugh about this now, right? Different day, every day. You never know. You're going to get in your car and drive somewhere and they may tell you, you can't come in or you have to wear something different or you have to stand in line for hours. You just don't know. And that's yeah. creating a lot of disturbance. When we change, it creates discomfort anyway. Yeah. And so the discomfort factors for a lot of people right now, but that is how I came to coaching was I wanted the tools myself and I did yeah. get those and I continue to work them. And I continue well, my goodness, I got to just say hats off to you for dealing with seven years of the process, because I thought like a year of my mediation was like, oh my gosh, I can't take anymore. And then, then our file finally goes to the Los Angeles court's in the middle of quarantine oh. and I was just like are you joking me this is never ending this is not gonna yes. end it's never yes. ending and then of course it's just like and even though it is finished and it is finalized already I'm I still feel tied to it obviously because you know you yeah. have children and yep. and for me I, I decided I didn't want to use my maiden name because it's too plain and not as fancy as Samoylov so I'm keeping my married name because of that reason well, especially because if people business. know you as that sure I know and I'm sorry I'm not gonna I, I, maybe I should just leak it here just so people can get used to hearing this if you see someone named Ann Miller around that's me <laughs> okay cool but but yeah I could see how that I mean definitely um you know there are definitely big times I think in our lives when we have these kind of big hard lessons and difficult yes. changes we go through and we're like you yes. know what this change probably has a process that yes. can be somehow applied to someone else's challenge, even if it's completely different. Yes, yes, um, there is a process underlying that for yeah. everybody to change, for sure. Yeah, and but it so on the outside differently. Yeah, exactly. And then also, I would even think that that not just for someone's personal life, but for someone's business too. 
Absolutely. And and it's all tied together again. Yes. You know, I go back to the people who are, and I'm, I don't. Well, I did want to say something about that time in that, you know, I'm an odd bird when it comes to stress and that, and that honestly, the five years prior to the moment when I was actually, you know, completed with, with that, I was just over it. That was when I, I had built my business during the most stressful mm. kind of situations ever. So really it kind of like lifted a little bit of that pressure off, even though it was more just me going, please finish, please uh, will this ever finish? <laughs> but so many other things. I mean, Deborah, I was hit by a car last year in November, oh. a year ago when I was walking, like my oh, body my. was a vehicle. And so like, like, it's weird because all these things have kind of in this, in spite of it, there's been only small moments where I've let myself kind of just not do anything. And then I just got back to it, but I know other people have, honestly, I feel like other people do have a, have a harder time doing that, even just with regular day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you find mm-hmm. that, that there's like, you know, you know, I actually, I tend to work with the people who are more like you, Anne, and myself, <laughs> who'll just suck it up and go to work. You know, they're just gonna, they're gonna, they are do-do-doers. And now mm-hmm. something is very apparent that it, it's not right. There's some sort of a wake-up call in their life, or there's something that's a slow drag on them. And it could yeah. be anything. It could be two competing belief systems in their head, warring it out at the same time, <laughs> fighting it out, duking it out. Uh, it could be uh, a lot of its relationship issues. And yeah. I am a certified mediator as well. I study NBC and I help other people practice NBC. I like this idea of verbal Aikido. I call myself someone who helps people with verbal Aikido. So it's energetic, but it's practical tools as well. And I find that a lot of people understand the the theory of mindset. In fact, I think I was just listening to a podcast. You were talking to someone about mindset or maybe it was one of our Q and A's. So there's a theory about mindset, right? And it's easy Mm -hmm. to speak about the theory, but bringing it real, like really making it in our lives. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think there's often a disconnect. And so there's a lot of people who are following people. They like the idea of mindset, but they can't make themselves do things, especially here now during the challenges. And so there's a reason for that. Then the reason is, is that we have this amazing emotional self and we have this amazing body that has all kinds of wisdom as well. So you're seeing a lot now around uh, the somatic pieces, the polyvagal, uh, you know, therapies, there's a lot around trauma and people are very aware that in order to move ourselves forward and move our society forward, we're gonna have to do some healing So I'm not a therapist. I do work with people that is belief work and also work to help them with that emotional intelligence part so that they can see that the emotions are not just working against them. The emotions are actually trying to help them and none of us ever learned how to use them. So I am working with a lot of people that are go-getters like yourself, like myself, who are tired. They're tired, yeah. they're worn out, they're, they're stuck because they're just bumping up against stuff that they've been pulling for so long, it's just gotten too heavy. <laughs> and uh, you, you know, giving them some relief is the, is the easy, fast, early on part. 
But this is why I work with people longer because that doesn't change the long-term being or the behavior. And that's what we really need to address is we actually need to become that other person who doesn't just go right back out, pick up that stuff and start dragging it along again, right? Right, right. I think that that, I mean, as you were saying that, I was like, you know, gosh, you know, people, there's some people who, like, I feel like in, in the whole online world who are always saying, you know, you know, or actually, you know, I think there's like a saying something about like doing something over and over again and it's not working is a sign <laughs> of like insanity or something like that. Yes. <laughs> but the truth is, I think like you're, to what you're saying is like, I wear this, I can get up after being knocked down by a car and I can get back to work. So I wear that kind of as a badge of some sort of like, I'm resilient, but is it actually good for me? I don't think so. Maybe, you know, and with that case, I did, I had no choice, but to slow down and I wasn't able to do anything, but, um, but yeah, I do see there are sometimes, and you can kind of tell, I have a feeling you can tell too, when they are that person who maybe needs to find some of those tools and figure and, you know, figure out where, where did you feel like you needed to kind of keep sucking it up and keep moving Mm -hmm. um, instead of dealing with something first and then you can move again. You know, it comes down to strategies, Anne. I think we didn't come with an instruction manual. Our parents didn't inherit an instruction manual about how to raise us, right? And they didn't come with an instruction manual. So a lot of my students, in fact, my mastermind gals were just saying this 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 morning. They were saying, if only I'd had this when I was younger, if only Mm -hmm. I'd known these tools. And uh, another client was saying to me, I just wish I knew how to do this thing. And I said, uh, or she said, actually, she said, I should have known how to do this. And I said, let's just take a look at that for a moment. Was Mm -hmm. there anyone in your life who knew how to do this? Were you born knowing how to do this? Yeah. And she said, no. And I said, how could you should have, if there was, there was no way you even knew it existed. And she said, wow, you're right. And you know, I think that when somebody realizes that then we can let ourselves off the hook and get back to possibility of what, you know, what we could do, you know, what could happen. And it's really strategies. It's really strategies. This is a key component to nonviolent communication, compassionate communication. It's a key component in the work I do around emotional intelligence is going to what it is we really need, right? We can, we can, argue all we want, be logical all we want, but the, what we really need, if we need safety, if we need security, if we need connection, those really basic needs are going to always win. Now they're going to get all convoluted and turn into a fight, right? That contrast when it's someone saying, I, I have to do it this way. And someone else says, I have to do it this way. But if we get down to the need part, and we engage that need part and, and both people see that they both want the same thing. They want connection. Maybe they even want control, but why do they want control? Cause they want to be safe. And when we reconnect to that, right. Then we can come up with a strategy that I like to think of as more helpful, right? Yeah. There's a lot of strategies we use and there's a lot of strategies we've all been using here in COVID when we feel afraid. And now that we've realized COVID is going on a very lot longer than we thought, it's like me having that wake up call and thinking, what if this isn't over in a year? I cannot delay my own happiness. And I think that's the case now too. We cannot delay business. We cannot delay our own happiness. We're going to need to find some new strategies, Uh, drinking, depression, you know, denying ourselves something, beating ourselves up. Those strategies don't work. 
They yeah. may have been what we learned. They may have been what we did, but in truth, they don't work. Do you think that like this time, because I've actually just this week, just really been looking at everything that's happened this year. And I'm thinking, you know, I can actually think of a lot of blessings that are a direct result of what has happened this year. And, you know, and a lot of things that maybe would have taken longer to come to the surface, even. I sure hope so. (laughs) I sure hope so. I'm living in Portland where where (laughs) it's on the surface, baby. It's on the surface and on the streets. The people are speaking. And, uh, and I think that's appropriate. I think it's appropriate for people to be speaking out. I think there's, uh, again, there's a lot of ego and a lot of of fear and a lot of strategies that probably aren't the most helpful. Uh, Mm -hmm. And until, you know, I don't, I didn't know Gandhi and I didn't hear him say this, but I know there's a bumper sticker somewhere that says (laughs) that Gandhi said, you know, um, the way to clean the world is to start with your own porch. You know, you yeah. want the world to you know, sweep your own porch. And I'm definitely taking that to heart for sure. If I want a different world and I want to live in a different world, then I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to embrace my fear of making a mistake and looking foolish or hurting someone. I'm going to keep having those conversations. I'm going to keep listening to what other people say to me when they seem, they may seem like they're coming at me, but they're just upset. That's, mm-hmm. that's something I think we really do need to change is get, get that emotional flexibility. And then we can really become listeners because then we're not afraid of that fear in defense of another person. We can hold yep. our ground and we can really hear what they say. And when we can really hear what we, they say, we can almost always find that they want the same things we do. We're yeah. arguing over the details. We're arguing over the strategies when we're, what's really underneath there is what each of us as a human being really needs. So yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of blessing in that. Imagine if this helps us clean up our world. Imagine if this helps us clean up our communication. Imagine if this cleans, helps us clean up a lot of things in our, in our, um, in our communities, in our, in our society that really isn't working our education system, our health system, our prison system, our uh, law enforcement. I mean, what could happen if some of those things could really transform? Yeah. And I think that we're exciting. I mean, for me, like, I don't know if that you feel this way, but I kind of look at, you know, there's a lot of business owners who, who, I mean, there's a lot of, there have been over the years, I've heard lots of people talk about, oh, my family doesn't understand what I do, this and that, and the other thing. That's the key is first, how about we pick some bigger, more global things that we all need to understand each other on first. Mm. And then that's going to come down the pike to like what you personally need your people, your friends, your family, maybe to understand families. I feel like are, are um, a great place to like clean your front steps and front porch, because (laughs) even if they don't live, because you know what, like my, my mother, one of my, one of my mothers, my mother and one of my sisters lives in Vermont and one of my sisters. So, and I'm going to say these locations because there is a clear set of beliefs and, and um, things that, that are followed in, in those places. So I live in California, my sister, one of my sisters and my mom live in Vermont. You and radicals, I, you. And my third sister lives in Wyoming. Mm. So we communicate daily using like this little, you know, video chatting app. And 
we have really been challenged during this time because one of us is not thinking the way the other ones think in terms of every, the election and all of that. And I think, you know, as much as, you know, I want to go off on that one person for believing the way she does. I love her as a person, obviously, and know that my understanding, not like I don't understand, I still don't understand, but I can at least come to her with compassion so that she knows that I'm not like attacking her personally. I want to change her mind for sure. Sure, for sure. So I think we can just that I'm glad you mentioned that, Anne, because that is another thing that's happening in this backdrop too, is that uh, we are all changing. We're all feeling a little bit of the pressure cooker, no matter where mm-hmm. you stand on any form of anything, you're yeah. feeling the pressure. You're feeling the squeeze of the differences. There's a lot of polarity, a lot of contrast. Yeah. And those are skills as well that nobody ever gave us. How do we live with people who think different, who yeah. behave differently, who have really different ideas about things? How do we talk to them? How do we still love them without loving what they are identifying with and they are fighting against or for, right? Those are, talk about some really high level skills. Those are some very high level skills. And this is one of the, with all that polarity, I think this has been one of the things that's been really difficult for people in business, in some businesses, because many businesses are relationship-based. Yeah. So how do you have a business relationship with someone who's outwardly vocal in a direction that is completely opposed to your direction how do you do that we were never taught this this was not something that was ever offered yep so, and i'm not yeah to learn we need to learn yeah the way we went to school probably more important than, yeah. than some of the things we learned in school you know back to like something you were saying and just i just because um i it sounds weird to say this, but I like the topic of really thinking about perfection, perfectionism, mm-hmm. because there's a, I think that we think that we have to get all these things right, right out of the gate, or we have to, you know, and I think it's, I think that's not really realistic. Um, yeah, you and, have something you say in your program about that, don't you, Anne? What do you say? Oh, you mean CBB? Mm-hmm. That one? Yeah, could be better. Like, I, I think, you know, we just all have to aim to continually just like continual improvement. But I think the thing that, you know, stops people, and I, I don't, I think you probably have a lot to say on this. I know you do based on what you're going to be launching soon, but I feel like at the core of perfectionism is just fear, fear that you're not mm-hmm. getting it right, fear that, you know, whatever. You're, you're yeah. aiming for perfect because you're afraid there's some fear there. It can be a fear. It can also be a wounding. Yeah. You know, it can be a fear of pain that happened very young, known or not known, right? So it can be some of those deep beliefs. I'm not enough. Uh, I can't do enough. I don't do it right. Uh, People won't love me if I don't do it right. Uh, I have to be safe. I can only be safe if I don't even try. I mean, many, many of those auxiliary beliefs that come out of wounds that we had or they could be uh, in defense or rebellion against some of the worldview or they can be simply a reflection of the worldview. A lot of those can, and that's why it is important. That's why I personally don't swing, just so you know. I don't swing with the whole, suck it up and do it, you know, just do it, Uh, change your mind. Uh, Because the body and the heart 
are part of the mind. They're finding right. out that the mind is everywhere, right? It's magnetic, it's neural, mm -hmm. it's impulses. And unless we work with the whole creature, we really can't make a permanent change, a change that right. going forward, this is who we are now, right? And so, yes, I would say a lot of it is fear. And I know people who would say it's all fear. And ultimately, it's all the fear of death. That's what they're going to say. <laughs> I know this. Yeah, I I've mean, read this I, can, I was actually thinking, too, just now, like, <laughs> it, like, I think that what you're saying is that it's actually like, yes, there is fear there that the wound is going to be touched, hurt, you know, in some way, it's going to be, like, brought back up again, or like, somebody mm -hmm. is, you know, but it is the real core of it is actually beyond fear. It's actually, yes. you know, cause it's, it's based on something that may have happened or that you might not even be aware of. But here's um. the thing, <laughs> knowing that, I mean, knowing that someone is a little When people, you know, when you're trying to kind of figure out like what people need, cause you just said that there's like this whole personalized kind of mm -hmm. way that you're gonna be doing this, this uh, new thing. Um, do you first start with some sort of clarity or exercise or question or series of questions or, you know, to help people? Well, I'm glad you asked. Do you, do you want to tell people what I'm doing, Anne? Just so they have I want you to. I oh, want okay. you to. I'm happy to. So, yeah. I, yes. So, one of the things I have continued to hear from my clients this year is I'm afraid. I can't get yeah. off the dime. I'm afraid. And I want to live without fear. I don't want to be scared anymore. That's why they come in so impassioned. I just don't want to feel it anymore my own current idea about that is that that's that may be a little uh i don't want to say naive because it's not naive but that unrealistic that may be a little unrealistic because as we've been discussing fear can be useful there's a kind of fear that's very useful it keeps us safe and there's a kind of fear that holds us back when we're trying to change yes yeah. that's a different kind of fear right there's a fear that's all defense-based, identity-based, yep. you know, false appearance, uh, false evidence appearing real and all that stuff. So there's two kinds of fears. So we can't just say fear is bad. We can't just say never feel fear. Fear actually keeps us alive quite often, <laughs> <Exactly>. right? Right? <laughs> yes. But the flip side or living fearlessly, living bravely, you know, living courageously, which sounds good, but how do we do that? That goes back to what we're talking about here, which is that getting into action will help us feel better. Feeling better will get us into action. Well, what do we do when those are locked up and we can't seem to go anywhere and it just gets stickier and stickier, right? Mm -hmm. So your question was, do you have a process? You know, how do you sense that out with some, particularly since people have different ways of doing that? So in a one-on-one -on -one process, it's a little bit different. I do have a mapping process that we go through, that we get to clarity, we get underneath to the why, we align that with the values, we understand the components of what people want. We really use the person's natural gifts and abilities. We dive into their brilliances. So we're not, um, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're using what they already use. And that map is actually not worked from beginning to end we start at the beginning but quite often we jump other places and work mm -hmm. ourselves forward and back sort of almost like the way someone who was creating a sculpture would do 
right? They don't always yep. start at the head and work to the feet or from the feet and work to the head. Sometimes they carve out other areas that are coming forward. Yes. Yeah, for and sure. It's more of an artistic process like that. That's actually probably a really good analogy. What did, uh, was it Michelangelo who said about David? He said, I just chipped away all the pieces that weren't the sculpture, right? Wow, that's so that, great. Yeah, that's a, a little bit like when I coach people, I'm listening for guidance to come through me. And I use the word listening because it is a, it's more of a sound sensation for me. But when I teach it with people, we understand that sometimes it's a gut, sometimes it's uh, a seeing something, sometimes it's a sense, but I, I hear guidance coming through. And then my question is always, is this for me or is this for my client in front of me or is it for both of us, right? So yeah. I call that intuitive coaching. So it says, this is the way you tailor, or this, this is the way I tailor coaching for people is I'm listening, feeling, being in that intuitive space myself when I'm with a client. Now, how do you do that with a group? Well, again, you start with a process or I start with a process, something that's a little exercise that we can work through, right? And that's just a jumping off point. I never know where we're going to end up. Sometimes we end up right where I thought. Sometimes we end up further afield because <laughs> that's what needs to happen. How do I know in creating a class whether someone needs some really good communication skills or even some safety boundary skills before, before they can make that leap into something that's a little bit more mental or discerning? See, there's no way yeah. I could know that. I'm not a mind yep. reader, but I can trust in the process and I can trust that they will reveal it to me. Their guidance will speak in a way that I can recognize. And that's what happens. And then I love working with groups because that's multiplied, right? Somebody says something, it has a meaning for someone else and someone else. And that brings about another meaning. And it's just like, ooh, really yeah. good stuff when there's a group going. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I, I, you know, I love that because that's that's exactly why I work with the incubator. The same reason because there you go. Each and every time there there is an interesting group of people that end up together, and I'm like, oh, this is how they this is how they're gonna like. I can immediately. I didn't intend to, yeah. you know, talk to and have people join. You know what I mean? I didn't like, you know, try to stack the room with the right people. Exactly. And, but it is the right people usually. And there's a need that they, that kind of comes out of, you know, our first meeting or something. Yeah. And then, um, but I, I think that it's great though, that you have like, since you've done a lot of the, the one-on-one -on -one coaching that you probably have a process and you could say, but we're listening, but this mm -hmm. might go a different route. Yes. I have like touch points to bring people back to, but I'm also listening to them and I'm listening to the, I'm being in this moment and letting them share with me so I can see, maybe they need, maybe we need to get to that next point a different way than I normally do. Absolutely. You, you've totally got it, Anne. And that's why I'm giving more time than ever to programs that I work with people, because I honestly do see that people can get the quick fix, but the quick fix won't last. Yeah. Yep. It needs to be something that they continue to practice with the support. Uh, you know, you can, you can help a child learn how to kick and maybe even get them on a kickboard to go across the pool one time with you standing next to them. And that's really great. But are they safe in the river? Yeah. 
Yeah. Every time you mention about the swimming, I have to tell you, I think about my daughter and that we did do swimming. We tried to do swimming lessons two years in a row. She refused. She like had like, Mm. she just didn't want to do the bobs. She didn't want to go all the way under herself. And just like every single thing in her life, I have to constantly remind myself that it might be hard for me. It might be a challenge for me to navigate how to let her be that. But ultimately that's going to be a better, she's going to be a better, happier person and a stronger person. If I just let her, if she's stubborn now to me, I get it. But in the future that could save her somehow. Yeah. You know, know, I hear a lot of parents talk about their stubborn children and I always rejoice. We're going to need some stubborn people in this next generation (laughs) because they're going to have to be persistent, man. Oh, there's the most beautiful rainbow outside my window right now. Um, yeah, we're going to need some persistence. We're going to need some stubborn. We're going to need some people who dig in and say, no, you can't frack. No, you cannot treat people this way. You know, this is, this is what has to happen. This is right and just and true. We need that. Well, you know, I just have to tell you, I think you would dig this then that when she was in um, preschool, her teacher had a conference with me and actually said, you know, and she said it with a little bit of a disdain in her voice, Mila's kind of a leader. Like that's a bad thing. I, you know, now, by the way, now with a little perspective on that, I probably took it personally, but I know this woman really liked that about Mila and Mm -hmm. she's still, I still am friends with her on Facebook, the woman. Mm -hmm. So I, but at the time I was like, yeah, I'm glad she is. (laughs) I know we need leaders. Anybody notice we need leaders. (laughs) We definitely need leaders. We need leaders who are women. Yes. So no matter then where the fear comes from, I'm curious if there's a process that you can take people through or does that shift per person or is there some main way that you approach that? No matter where the fear comes from, if there is fear and it's not genuine fear, no tigers, no trains, yeah. uh, is there a process? And yeah. yes, there is. yes, there is. And here's the process. The process is to use the fear. We've been taught to try to avoid, to resist. And when we resist, it's like we're holding on to it. We're holding on to it really tightly and trying to push it away and holding it close. So the way out is in. The way out is to embrace. The way out is to use it. What is the fear trying to tell me? I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I'm going to have to connect you with a gentleman that was, um, he does a lot of work around the wound, which you were talking Mm -hmm. about. And he also has a similar way of working with people to actually go into that wound, to use that. That wound is like, there's magic in there. There's like good stuff in there that you can like learn from yourself, but also can help you in your business and whatever the things are that you're, you know, Doing a, lot of, a lot of my work has been heavily influenced by Carla McLaren, who wrote the book Language of Emotions. Uh, she's written um, a book about empathy. She's got a lot of work out there. And I've been very influenced by her. And it really became my mantra back in the day we were talking about many years ago. <laughs> and I would say, if it's going to hurt this bad, damn it, I'm going to use it. I'm yeah, for sure. It. If it's going to hurt this bad, I'm going to make some good come out of it. And um, that's probably a little bit more power than was really useful. Uh, and and I, I probably would be much softer and easier about it now with the experience I've had, which is, wow, if you're showing up now, let's dance. Yeah. Tell me what you got. 
help me look at this because I really have found out that the solution is inside of us. And the very thing that hurts the worst or feels the worst or that we're trying to push away, that actually holds the seed of the solution to the situation. Mm, yeah. yeah. Mm. Wow. That's yeah. good. That's good. Like, I'm like thinking about my, I'm like, I got to list out these difficult situations <laughs> right now. <laughs> Solutions like, in there, Anne. <laughs> I want that. I want that yeah. lesson right now. Yeah. I um, wanted that too. So I understand. So yeah. the way, so, okay. This is blowing my mind. I probably can talk about this for, and by the way, my migraine is gone somehow. What? Like, like woohoo sorry you, you don't know knows that i had a migraine before this but i'm like i'm like all of a sudden uh, fresh air is coming into my eyeballs yeah energy's moving i love it <laughs> so i want to know how can how can we learn more about you where can we go to like get to know you more like where can sure people... well i'm guessing my name's going to be on here somewhere i see yes. my name under my uh under my face so uh uh, is my website. And that tells you about my speaking. It tells you about working with me and a little bit of my philosophy. And if you go to the very bottom, there's a place people can link if they want to get to know me and they want me to get to know them a little 30 minute appointment where we can talk. And I'm happy to talk with anyone for 30 minutes and get to know a little bit about them, see if coaching is good for them, see if they're looking for something else and they need some recommendations about where to head next. I'm happy to do that as well. And I'm happy to talk to other coaches or people who want to become coaches. I do train coaches in this intuitive coaching method. I just graduated a class. I don't have any plans for an upcoming class right now, but that doesn't mean a class won't form of its own, which is how the last one formed. I know I'm, I'm guessing your classes do that as well, Anne. And yes. uh, so I just swing with it. I just swing with it. If the universe commands, I go with it. Uh, but you can find more about me there and happy to reach out and speak to somebody if they'd like. Well, I love that. Um, I feel like there's probably so many more questions that I want to ask. So you know what? I might, I might have to have you back on again. Happy to do that. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope that you did too. I, I totally did. did. This has been great, Anne. Really fun. And, and I actually am going to go off of today's call and literally write down some of the difficult situations where maybe I am not, I mean, I'm aware of a lot of the lessons already, but there's some current ones, you know, based on this current situation that I'm like, yeah, I, I need to figure out what that, what that, what the juice is there, what the good stuff is there. Sweet, sweet. I encourage that. I applaud you. I honor you. I celebrate that with you and please reach out and let me know how that goes. I'd love to hear. <laughs> I will. I, I want to celebrate with you. And, and by the way, I just wanted to say to, to anybody who's listening, um, Deborah is literally, I'm sorry to other fearless launchers, but um, Deborah, Deborah shows up and she does the work like, you know, so it just, it just is such an amazing feeling knowing that there are people who not aren't, aren't just doing the work, but are visible in doing the work. Yeah. Because I, I really can, do want to support the group. I, I know the power of support, Anne, and I know yeah. you do too. Yeah. And I know that we're all stronger together when we do show yes. up and we, and, but there we is link, so much link arms. <laughs> there is so much fear there. So just keep sure. talking about what you're doing in the group because yeah. there's, there are people who are there. They're just not, 
I get it. You know, you know the deal. I do know. I totally know the deal. And it's funny you should say that because I really learned early on that to get the most out of a class, I had to force myself to go sit up front where I would have to be engaged because I knew if I hung out in the back, if I hung out in the back, I would like, you know, I would distance myself and I wouldn't be in there. So sometimes we just have to find the way that does engage us that we can live with until we can get a little bit closer in, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and oh my gosh, so true, so true. Sit at the front of the class, okay? <laughs> All right, um, Deborah, thank you so much for coming you out. You, Anne, it's really been okay. fun. I really love, love we'll talking chat. with you. I'm sure we'll chat very, very soon. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Fearless Launching Show. If you wanna check out Deborah and find out more about her intuitive coaching style, then head over to DebraIvanov.com. You can also check the show notes below. I put a few other links in there, things that came up during our conversation. And as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, head over to iTunes or Spotify, give us a little like, a thumbs up, a little star, a little rating, and leave a review. We would be so appreciative of that. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll chat soon.